Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jock Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. How about them cowboys? Okay, I just had to get that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, about the, just say, that's about the worst Jimmy Johnson I've heard in a long time. We got you. We got you. Ep- episode 53 of Jacques Talk. Glad to have you guys aboard. 53. Hope you're prepared. 53. I said 53. Did 50, I say 53? 53 is an awesome number. Oh, I forgot. That's the number you wore with the Arlington Broncos. And, Roger that. Roger uh, that. You know, I hope you guys are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as uh, me and Big Joe and the Big Rig get you cranked up on the Dallas Cowboys. Huge day for them. Lots of going on in the NFL, man. Um, let me hurry up and get through this because uh, we got a lot to talk about t- today and not a lot of time. Although time is precious. Uh, understand that uh, if you're ever involved in a car accident or any kind of other accident and it's not at your home, you're away from home and if somebody else's negligence has caused you some some pain and some suffering. What you need to do, what you got to do is you got to pick up the phone and you got to dial 972-934-8900. That's Greening Law. Let them handle it for you. And here's what you do. This is how simple it is. You're involved in an accident. It's not your fault. Literally, you dial that number, phone picks up, you say, hey, here's my situation, what do you think? And I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a great day for you. And here's why. Whenever you go on up against somebody else's insurance company, it's a drag, okay? It's a long, tedious process um, because they're not trying to take care of you. Uh, And again, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about some kind of sexual assault litigation, some kind of dangerous or defective product, workplace litigation, Medical malpractice, any of that stuff. You call a green in law, you tell them, hey, here's my situation, what do you think? And if they bring you on as a client, they walk you through the process, man. They hold your hand. I like to tell y'all this. They answer questions, check this out now, that you didn't even know were supposed to be asked. Did you get that? Questions you didn't even know you're supposed to ask, they give you answers to. That's how thorough they, that they are. Because they want you focused on two things and two things only. Get your mind right. Get your body right. They want you focused on healing and renewal. All right. Get your mind right. Get your body right. Get your life back. That's what they want you focused on. So they ride for you. And because, understand, they don't collect anything. They don't get paid at all unless you get paid. So you don't ever have to wonder where you are on the priority list. Are they working hard for you? Are they grinding for you? Have they forgotten about you? No. Why? Because they don't get paid unless you get paid. So it's important for them. To take care of you and they do a great job of doing that and so greening law is the place to go and i like to tell folks all the time man you ain't gotta take my word for it you can go to greeninglaw.com check out their website see for yourself what people are saying about them. see the work that they're doing the cases that they've won you check it out yourself and then come to your own conclusion and really it can only be one thing so give them a call 972-934-8900 if you've ever been involved in an accident and it's not your fault uh, you can, as before we get into this Cowboys conversation, you can always find me on Twitter 
at JJT Journalist. If you think you follow me, you don't because my account got deleted. Long story we're going to talk about someday soon. Uh, but follow me, JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor on Twitter. We call it X now. But how about the Dallas Cowboys, man? It's a, uh, it's a big day for them. We pushed back the show just a few minutes. We record here, here on Sunday night. Um, because San Francisco and the Rams, that game was going to determine who the Cowboys played in the first round. And uh, the San Francisco was on the move for a minute, but then Sam Darnold got hit. He sacked. He fumbled. The Rams recovered. The Rams go on and beat uh, San Francisco 21-20. That means your Dallas Cowboys will get the Green Bay Packers at AT&T Stadium at a time and date to be determined. Uh, we'll probably know all this when you hear when you listen to the podcast on Monday morning. Uh, it'll probably already be known. Uh, but that's the deal right there. Um, if the if Green if the Rams had lost the game, then Dallas would have faced uh, the Rams in the playoffs. And if I'm just gonna keep it real with you, the way the Rams are playing right now, it'd have been a more difficult matchup. Okay, check this out. Everybody is good in the playoffs, so there are no easy easy teams. There are matchups and perhaps teams you would prefer to play as opposed to teams you would not prefer to play at that particular time. And so I think the Cowboys, the Rams are playing really good football right now. And so I think um, with their two receivers, with Puka, the rookie, who set the, uh, I think he set the NFL rookie record for receiving today, Cooper Cup, uh, you know, the quarterback. Wait, wait, wait. What, you, what, what? Well, you said they're going to play Green Bay or they're going to yeah. play running the Rams? Cause you, no, they're playing Green Bay. Okay, because you're talking about the Rams. No, I'm saying that's why you didn't want to play the Rams. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. I ain't want you didn't want to play the I mean, I you, wanna, you had to deal with him. I ain't want uh, to You got to deal with him eventually. But, yeah. you know what I mean, um, the way it was shaping up, the way the Rams are playing, the Rams are kind of hot right now, you just assume somebody else had to deal with them before you get to them. But, right, although, man. again, it's the playoffs. Everybody good, so yep. there are no off days. The only team you want to play right now is who? The daggone Philadelphia Eagles who have imploded. Mm. Uh, mm. And I put this on, on Twitter, X, uh, just before we started the show, that if you look at the playoffs in the NFC, your number one seed is uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Your Dallas Cowboys, winners of the NFC East, are your number two seed. Detroit, your number three seed. Uh, Tampa Bay, four. The Eagles are five. Uh, the Rams are six. And the Packers are seven. All right, cool. The only team in there that anybody's like, yeah, we can go play them, is Tampa Bay. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody else is like, man, this is gonna be a tough matchup, but we're gonna have to deal with this and we're gonna have to deal with that. Only team excited right now, sitting up there going, hey y'all, we got a chance to get to the second round, no problem. I mean, I'm saying that facetiously, of course, but Philadelphia's just imploded, man. They've lost uh, what is it, four of their last five. Um, they're playing bad football right now. They got smoked by the Giants today. Uh, A.J. Brown has got a, a, a knee injury, the extent of which we don't know just yet. Jalen Hurts dislocated his finger, had to put it back together. They are struggling, bro. They look like, what do they look like? Two dead flies or smashed dog poop? Well, you always get the two dead flies wrong. Ray Donaldson said Clay Shiver was, he played like two dead flies pushed together. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the whole that was the whole thing. It's a good it's a good analogy though. But 
right. So what is it? two dead flies pushed together? Dog poop. Uh, I'm gonna have to say two dead flies pushed together. They right, ain't totally. They ain't. They don't totally stink because they have a chance that they can get it. They can get themselves together. Uh, There's a chance. Okay. We're not going to go too far down the exit ramp, but this is all very interesting. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's our show and we do what we like. Yeah, you jump way I, to the bottom on that. Uh, I read a quote today. I'm going back. I read a quote today. I think I sent it to you where A.J. Brown <laughs> called the team meeting and he was like, and then his quote to the to the media was, we just have to trust the coaches. Dog, it, that's a wrap you to me. What, you know what that means to me? What does that mean? That means to me, trust the coaches. The coach, right now, I'm getting my way. I'm getting the ball as much as I want. We need to trust the coaches. <laughs> that's what that means to me, cause you know he was getting all, he was getting the NFL record, and he was. That's what he was talking about the other day with Todd. Is that hey, this guy's he wants the ball. Everybody wants the ball. Right, right, and right. When he's the one getting the ball and you losing, yeah, it ain't no fun. But when he getting the ball and you getting your butt kicked. And every, most of the targets are him. It's a problem right. for everybody else. You know, uh, Jalen Hurts was talking about we need to be more committed. And then he wouldn't go no further. And then uh, he'd been banged up all year. They play, he's, his phys- his style is too physical for the NFL. If he can't never make it through a whole season, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Well, they got problems. Uh, I think they're done. I think they lose to Tampa in the first round. Uh, it might not even be close because they just smoked. They, I don't think they got anything left. They're going to get their butts kicked all week. And uh, they've played so bad for so long that I just refuse until I see it to believe that they can turn it back around. Um, so that's enough about that. Let's get on to the, to the, to the, to the uh, men of the hour, which is your Dallas Cowboys. I had to talk to people off the ledge, man. I mean, it was 10-7 Washington. And I had some people on Twitter, uh, a couple of my favorites, at least one of them, Richard. I knew they were going to come out like this. I just knew it. And I was like, really, dog? I was like, just stop, man. They're going to – I said, the big play was the blocked field goal. That changed the momentum of the game. Washington's Mm -hmm. playing with some momentum right now. And so the game just got to settle back. But they're the better team. They came out ready to play, as evidenced by that first drive, evidenced by the turnover that – Jordan Lewis got, and they'll be fine, man. You know, I didn't, I didn't just want to spend this whole time talking about it, but I'm just like, again, man, it is hard to win. Teams just don't lay down. You have to make them lay down. Yeah, unless you, unless you Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah you, had so, to, you had to remind them why they are. Yeah, why they are exactly. Losers. Yeah, and check this out, man. You can't tell me Washington didn't come ready to play. They, they pulled out all their trick plays. They said, hey, we're going to have fun in practice this week. We're going to try to get some trick plays. Let's let's go, man. Let's try to get this dub. They look, I'm gonna like, make this. Um, they look like the Miami Offense. They look like yeah. the Miami Dolphins when they was doing all that motion and running around and Duh. going crazy. I was like, what the hell? Right. right. They came ready to play. Yeah, even Greg Olson said, hey, man, if y'all would have played, they, they, they didn't play like this all year. <laughs> <laughs> Because they was running the ball. They was balanced. All of that. He said, man, if they play like this during the season, they, they'd be pretty good right now. Yeah. But, you know uh, what? Uh, but here, I, I just find the quotes. My man, Jack Walsh. Typical stuff from this franchise. Have we ever trusted a coach since Parcells to have this team ready for must-win games? The answer is no. And that's too, why we have no confidence in them. It's too early. It was too early for that. 
And uh, here's my reply. First, I put the stop sign up. I said, they were ready, man. Biotis missed the block, which led to a blocked field goal. Now Washington's playing with a little in- inspiration. Dallas will win. Now, let me tell you all something. I was not going out on a limb when I said that. Uh, my man, Richard Duncan. You just knew they'd do this before this game even started. Weak. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. said, do what, man? They came ready to play. The block field goal hurt. One dude made a mistake and has led to a momentum switch. Dallas will grab it back. And win the game. Uh, so again, again, I wasn't breaking news. I think everybody felt like the Cowboys uh, were the were the best team, and all they needed was just to uh, slow the game down again, take control, and let their natural talent take over. And they did that. Well, you got to uh, be you, a pretty good team to to make the Cowboys like the Cowboys have taken shots. You know, say go down seven zero, go down ten, whatever. You know, go down by five. They, you got to be a good team to hold them down, and that's exactly. I'm just, I'm just kind of repeating what you're saying. Nah. You got to be a good team to hold them down. They've taken. This reminds me of the, uh, the. Uh, uh, I was going to say San Diego, but the Charger game, where you know it was like, oh, here we go again. Chargers run, go right down, score. Where the Cowboys took that punch and they got back up. You know, and it's, yeah. it's just one of them things that this team is a little more resilient than teams in the past. Yeah, I think they're a little. Uh, they're they're more mentally tough. Uh, I think they've been through some things, and uh, you know they just. Uh, I just think that they understand it, and so uh, you know I I didn't panic at all. I didn't. Uh, I mean, there are times when they start slow, and I don't like the way they're playing. I go, this could be a problem today. Yeah. But I never got that feeling based on the way they started the game and the way they looked like they were playing. It just seemed uh, it seemed all right to me. Uh, this is now 19 consecutive years that the NFC East champion did not repeat the following year. Um, this is also Dak Prescott's fourth NFC East title. He's the, uh, that's uh, ties uh, Troy Aikman. No quarterback has more than uh, four. Aikman Aikman had those when uh, you know he had more than that when uh, when they were uh, running running the NFC East. But uh, C.D. Lamb, wow. Uh, what a game he had, man. I think they were 13-13 throwing the C.D. Lamb. And uh, I think he ended up with uh, – I was shocked, man. I mean, I've been watching him all year, but 135 catches, 1,749 yards, and 12 touchdowns? That, my friends, is a grown-ass man season. <laughs> and uh, he was terrific today. Uh, Dak Prescott finishes up with uh, four touchdown passes, leads the NFL in touchdown passes, and then, what do you think about this, man? Decline to put on the NFC East Championship ball cap. Well, that's, a, that's him saying, hey, we want more than this. No, that was a quote. <laughs> Somebody asked him why. He said, hey, I'm, I, I want bigger things. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I think that's the proper mindset. Dak Prescott today, 31 for 36, 279, four TDs, one interception, 124.4 passer rating. Uh, he was in his bag today. Uh, let me ask you this. And I'm going to tell you my opinion after, after I hear yours. Were you worried at all when Brandon Aubrey has a kick blocked and bangs one off the upright? No, but I did tell my wife, damn, they done ruined the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> I said, they done ruined him. Damn. Damn, okay. you know, I'm, I'm like, because Greg Olson was trying to, you know, hell, I feel like I know, <laughs> I, f- I feel like I know Greg. He done did so many Cowboy games, you know. No, right, right, yeah, right. He done did them all, and it's like, hey, man, 
They said, he said, what you think about it, Greg? They put the graphic up. He was like, I ain't touching it. I'm like, right on, Greg. We don't want to jinx him. Boom. He gets one blocked. It's like, man. <laughs> yeah, because that's where a lot of times I was like, oh, I don't want to talk about the kicker, man. I don't want to say nothing, man. But, yeah, when he doinked that thing, I was like, oh. I told me, I said, damn, they done ruined the kicker. It's, it might be over with for him. So, I, I don't know. But, yeah. I well, here's, here, here was my thought. And this is this is just what I've learned about kickers from talking to coaches over the years. Um, when the block, you got to block, and so you look first to see, is it a low kick? No, Beatis let the guy slip through there, right and on. he blocked the kick. Yeah. Then when you're looking at the miss, and uh, I can't, I, I probably, y'all, y'all know how I, how I get. I can't remember who told me this. Uh, it was either Steve Hoffman, the former, who was a longtime Cowboys kicking coach, or Joe Avanzano, rest in peace. Uh, but somebody, but when he banged it off the upright, it didn't bother me. And here's why. Uh, whoever that was who told me said, I don't worry about my kicker missing until he's missing a couple feet to the left or a couple feet to the right. You bang it off the upright, that means you were basically there. You're, you're in an inch of hash, you know, just a smidge off. Uh, and so that can be easily corrected. I don't, that doesn't put me in a panic. It's only when you start missing a couple feet one way or the other that I go, oh, you got a real mechanical issue that we got to get fixed. Yeah. Uh, so okay. banging it off the upright did not bother me. And then, and I like this about Mike McCarthy, because you can run it two ways. You lined up for a 50-yard kick at the end of the game. Now, that's not an easy kick, even though he's 9 for 9 from 50 yards or more. And if he misses that, you could be like, oh, snap. This dude missed three kicks today as we head into the playoffs. Now people gonna be that's gonna be a narrative and a storyline for next week because of what happened to Brett Maher last year when he missed uh, three or four extra points against Washington and the loss. And you know, ultimately they they cut him because they just couldn't trust him after the season. But instead, Brandon Aubrey steps up and puts that fifty yarder right through the middle of the uprights, gives everybody who was thinking like that the middle finger symbolically. And uh, now there's no kicker issue, and they can go into the playoffs feeling good about that. And um, overall, man, 38-10 over Washington. Dog, I had I counted this three times to make sure I was correct in it. Cowboys finished 12-5. and five. Uh, Mike McCarthy, the first coach to get 12, three consecutive 12-win seasons with the Cowboys. Think about that since they got two Hall of Fame coaches. Uh, this was the 10th game. They've won by 20 points or more this season. That, to me, is insane. It speaks to it speaks to how much the NFL is watered down, to me. Because of those teams, they beat by 20, they suck. Except for Philly. Well, even Philly suck now. But it's just the, the talent level. It's the have and have nots, to me. I mean, kudos to the Cowboys. But you got to beat who you're supposed to beat. And, yeah, they trample. They trample the teams most of the time. Ninety percent of the time, they they beat the hell out the teams they supposed to beat. And yeah, well, like me and, and you, used to, we used to say, you got to bank them wins. You got to put okay. them wins in the bank. Does they count for something? Right. And here's uh, here's why it matters to me. Uh, it matters to me because now this is everything we talk about. You just got to take it for what it's worth. But who led the NFL in point differential? Baltimore Ravens, 203. That means they was killing people. And they was killing them good teams because we all seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was next? 
the Dallas Cowboys at 194, and who was after them? San Francisco at 193. And so what I'm saying is, when you look at that, you go, you know what? They went there. Because the next gap, dog, is, do you know who the next team is? You got Baltimore at 203, Dallas at 194, San Francisco at 193 point differential. Next team is Buffalo at 133. That's a big old gap followed by Miami at 112. And all I'm saying is you should have every right to believe, based on what you've seen, that your Dallas Cowboys can hang with the big boys. Now, yes, San Francisco's a matchup problem for them, and they didn't kick their butt with regularity. But um, that's for the regular season. Playoffs are a different animal, and we'll see. But you should feel good about your team that goes 12-5, and five, plays the way they did, survives some adversity this year, and somehow – won the division that on December 17th, when I was in Buffalo watching that game against the Bills, none of us thought they had a shot to win the division. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Uh, the Cowboys are a good ride, but it's going to be bumpy. You know, yeah. it's, it's, that's the problem is that I hear, I hear those numbers, and then sometimes numbers don't tell the whole story. But, don't, yeah, those are good numbers, but – I well, don't know. Them guys, all, you always have a lingering doubt in your mind. If I'm a 49er fan, I'm a little more confident in what my team is doing. Uh, I if, would not dispute that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I just think I, I I don't dispute the numbers. I'm just saying eh, no. they still got me going, okay, y'all, what we going to do? Even if you no, show up still- and play Green Bay, I'm going, y'all going to get down today, right? We're going we gonna, to we gonna, we gonna kick their butt today, right? All right, then. All right, I, I I believe you. All right, then. I got my fingers crossed, but I, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh that, that's who they are, man. That's um, yeah. Uh, that's the type of uh, game is going to be. But I'm, I, you know, I think you can feel good because they have been battle tested this year. They have gone through some adversity uh, within games. Um, so you know. Uh, all you can do, as I like to tell my son sometimes, all you can do is all you can do. So they played these teams on their schedule. They went 12-5. and five. They blew out a lot of them. Uh, they handled this game that, for some reason, people had some thoughts about one way or the other. And, uh, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, one other piece of news I want to say before we we get into this meat right quick. I mean, I know it feels like we've been in the meat, but we ain't really been in the meat yet. Is uh, Stefan Gilmore, after the game, says he's just fine. Said his shoulder popped out of place. They went in the locker room, popped it back in place, and he told Mike McCarthy, I'm good to go. Don't worry about me. I'll be at the game uh, Sunday against Green Bay. Yeah, that's a football. Hey, that's, a, that's a football player if there's ever been a football player. You just minding your own business, diving, and you land. I don't give a <laughs> damn if you play 20 years or five. That rotator cuff and all of that, the shoulder, it don't agree with them awkward falls at all. Nah, bro. Uh, That's the crazy thing. What about your boy? What about your boy from Michigan? He had a shoulder, didn't he? Deion Lewis. Jordan Lewis? Uh, Jordan Lewis. I'm sorry. Jordan Lewis, yeah. Uh, I didn't see anything. They didn't say – I didn't see a report off of him. So, if you don't get a report, that means they just got regular football banged up. Yeah, that's good. And and we will see them, um, you know, at the end of – you know, we'll see them next week. Uh, no problem. Uh, so, you know, as we move into the game, it was an interesting game because, again, 
Washington came out ready to play. They went for it on fourth down. What was it? Twice on the first series. Um, you know, and then they went for it uh, again one more time when they kicked the field goal. They converted a fourth and one from the Dallas 46. So, again, you know, they kind of showed up ready to play, man. Uh, but the game changed as, uh, as, you, as you wondered when it was going to change. Uh, the game changed uh, when, Dallas, when Washington went up 10-7. It's seven minutes left in the second quarter. My thought at that point was, and I'm curious to see what you thought. Okay, it's 10-7. They just kicked the field goal. And I'm like, we're already midway through the second quarter. It's going to be another one of them low-possession games where if you don't take care of business, just because it's a low-possession game, you can find yourself in a dogfight if you're not careful. And so I was like, you know what? It's kind of important for the Cowboys to get off to a good start on this drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. uh, is that what you were thinking when it was yeah. 10-7? Yeah, because you're giving them hope. Man, what, what y'all doing? You know, it's that 7-3, to three, you know, at halftime stuff. Or, or, you know, like we talked about, hey, man, we in this thing. We, we did like we talked about all week. Hey, if they give them guys hope, it's going to be on because now they got hope. They're going to say, all right, we can spoil what they're right. doing. I mean, you think the Eagles, you think the Giants wasn't taking so much pleasure in just <laughs> beating the crap out the Eagles, you know? It was 24 to nothing. I was like, please don't come back in this game. <laughs> no, you know? right. Um, so it's like, yeah, the Washington wanted to do that. You know, but, uh, one of the reasons I wasn't worried about it, as I said, was even when Washington tied the score after the block field goal, Cowboys went right down the field. Mm-hmm. That interception off a tip pass at the line of scrimmage, they were at the Washington 39, so it's not like Washington has stopped them. But again, here we are. It's seven. It's 10 to 7. If you don't score, maybe you open it up to get down 17-7. Now you got a problem. But instead, on the first down, CeeDee Lamb gets a very innocent pass for eight yards, and it was kind of penalty we've seen Dallas do over the years. Uh, you know, dumb personal foul, unnecessary roughness, all of a sudden – Eight-yard catch becomes a, a 23-yard game. And that kind of kickstarts the drive. And then I'm sure you were happy to see Tony Polly go for nine, then Rico Dottle go for five, then Tony Polly go for nine, then Tony Polly go for 12, then Tony Polly bull on in and get that touchdown. 66, number 66 and 67. Uh, yeah. Balling out. Hoffman and uh, T.J. Bass. Hoffman started because uh, Zach Martin was sick before the game. Uh, had some kind of flu-like symptoms and just literally couldn't get out of bed. And then, uh, you know, uh, T.J. Bass played last week when uh, Tyler Smith was hurt. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, they feel good about. Like, they think that T.J. Bass got a future in the league, either as a center or as a guard. And so, you know, he's got to look out for it because maybe they think he's the next center next year so that they don't have to spend a draft pick on one nigga, spend a draft pick on something else. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But uh, the running game looked like it was up and going today. And we've been looking for it for a minute. And uh, today it showed up. And uh, how would you feel about it? I thought it was pretty good. But then I remember Washington quit about seven weeks ago when they traded uh, Chase, uh, Chase Young and the other guy. They wasn't, you know, they, they kind of threw the towel in on their season then. That's probably why, they, you know, those guys got tired in the run blocking. I thought the run blocking was good. I thought that uh, Tony Pollard is being decisive, and it right. was good to see him be decisive around the goal line. When he ran that thing down to the one, he was trying to get it over. 
Right. You right. know, and I I was like, oh, hell, we're going to be on the one. What are they going to do? And they punched it straight in. Look at that. What in the world? <laughs> you know, it was, you know, uh, uh, Lemke had a good block, um, very good block, the offensive line. They just punched it in. And I'm yep. like, all right, it's just, it's just that simple, fellas. We don't have to go around the world to get into the goal line, but you do want they, you do want them to have 20 yard touchdown passes and stuff, because they just struggle around the goal line so much. Uh, well, they ended up with uh, 29 carries, 131 yards, four and a half yards of carry. I take it. Uh, Tony Pollard had his best game in forever, 17 for 70. Rico Dottle showed some explosion, nine for 46. And then don't forget he had the 32-yard catch and run. So yeah. uh, he uh, – damn, I just looked at it. Rico Dowdle, 12 yard, twelve touches, 100 yards total offense. Yeah. That could be a little something if you saw that uh, in the playoffs next week. He could help you. Well, they ran it right uh, back with the, with, the, with the big – with the big uh, – I'm sorry, with the big catch that he had. You know, they did the Madden. I'm going to call it again. You know. Dude, they I thought the same that was great. Play. Yeah, I was like, yeah, let's just call the same thing. You know, I yeah. think they looked at it and said, "You know what? They didn't really guard this worth a damn. Let's uh, let's run it back and see if they if they cover us the same way." Um, and so uh, so it's fourteen ten, and now Dallas has control. And then here's what you hope happened. And and it was when they gave up the third and twelve on the pass to McLaurin, mm-hmm. where Gilmore gets hurt. You had to be a little concerned, like, "Damn, are they finna drive for some points right here? Whether it's a field goal, whether it's a touchdown." But then on uh, third and ten from the Dallas uh, forty-seven, your boy Tank Lawrence, who's been doing this, I mean, he's had a fantastic season. I uh, would have loved to see him voted to the Pro Bowl. Uh, comes in, pressures, hits a quarterback as he's throwing. Donovan Wilson makes a nice break on the ball. They get an interception, and now as Mama used to say, they cook it with grease. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys then go six plays, sixty-five yards. Ceedee Lamb scores a touchdown, and just like that. It goes from ten to seven Washington to twenty one ten Dallas. They come out, start the third quarter with a uh, touchdown drive, twelve plays, seventy five yards. Ceedee Lamb scores. It's twenty eight ten. This thing is over, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to say something about Tank Lawrence making the Pro Bowl. He ain't gonna make the Pro Bowl because he's too much of a team player. He a team guy. He ain't going to get the sacks. He's going to get the recognition from the Cowboys and the other players in the, in, the, in the conference. But, you know, the Pro Bowl is so political. It's numbers, numbers, numbers. And he sacrifices a lot of his game so the other guys can get off when he lines up inside. Well, he made a, you know, I'm he talking made about. Last year. Well, I'm just talking about it's a lot of reputations, a lot of reputation stuff. And I don't, I don't know if his sack number is going to get him in the Pro Bowl. But I, I, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying his, he, he's my MVP for a long time because he sacrifices his game for the greater good. He nah. was, you know. And just so y'all know, he don't really care about the Pro Bowl. Yep. We talked about this about a month ago now. He's like, I'm just trying to win, man. I'm I trying to get in the Super Bowl. I'm trying to win games, Pro Bowl. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think he said I spent enough money at the Pro Bowl over the years yeah. uh, with my family taking them. So I could I could I could use that, save that paycheck because the Pro Bowl money I get don't cover the whole trip. Right, right. But that's what I'm saying. Uh, I like his game. I like the way he his leadership. I like the way he play. And like I said, once he dropped down the tackle then on the pass rush, it's like ah, my sacks ain't gonna be there. Let me help everybody else. But the way he played the run, the the, the two way player that he is, yeah, it's all good. 
Uh, in the process, your boy Tony Pollard ends up with uh, 1,005 yards. And, uh, you know, he had five touchdowns or six touchdowns. And so that was he gets ugly. A, That was ugly. What, the 1,000-yard season? Yes, it was. It was, yeah, it was. It was hard to look at. <laughs> but, it was, hey, congratulations to Tony. You know, he's been a trooper uh, the whole time. And he's been durable. That's one of the things he's been this year that he wasn't when he was a backup. He's been pretty damn durable. I give all credit to him. No, he been uh, he been he didn't showed up every week. That's every all you week, can ask for. That's what you need. Uh, and you know we've we've talked about whether, especially you, uh, they haven't run nearly as much outside zone this year as they did last year, which yeah. is where he seemed to get a lot of his big plays. Yeah. Uh, at some point when the season's over, because they're never going to tell you the truth during the season, it would be interesting to know philosophically why they did that. Why would you, why do you go away from what it seemed like he did best? And let me tell y'all, that would have to be a class on journalism questions because people get defensive when you start questioning them, so you have to ask the questions in the proper order and the proper way to get the realest answer you can get. And even then, it may or may not be the truth. So, you know, it kind of is what it is. Uh, moving on to Dak Prescott. I thought he was phenomenal today. What do you think? Man, it's crazy how you go from being part of the reason we lose to being one of the main reasons that we win this year. Okay, let me hold you there right quick for mm-hmm. five seconds. Sports is fluid, baby. What's true oh, today? No. may not be true a month, oh a God. week, a year from now. No. Sports is fluid, though. It, ain't, okay. it wasn't fluid last year. Because well, week, well, week, week to it week, week to, it ain't fluid this year. It, week to week, he was terrible last year. This is a, this is a case of being fluid from a year to year. What's okay. true today? Last this time last year was not true a year from now. All right, I'm a, but that's I'm the beauty of sports. You don't have to be who you are in sports. You can go up or you can go down. Or you can stay the same. You just can, like teams. Or you can play like you did like, last year and your ass will be out of here. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's that's to be debatable, uh, but we'll never know because he played great this year. I'm just saying it, it, he been he been uh, he been outstanding. He changed his game, and plus he been healthy. Relatively healthy this year, which has allowed him to move around. And then he realized early on, these guys ain't protecting me. I need, you know, I can tell you that dude probably stretched an extra fifteen minutes before the game because he know he got to get on that horse at some time <laughs> in the game. He gonna have to get on that horse and get away from somebody. I'm, 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 I'm suffice to say that Dak can't play in a clean pocket no more. He got to have some 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 <laughs> somebody got to be chasing him, or he got to move around, and he got to do something to get his rhythm down. That drop back and throw, and let me do it on time. That he kind of tried to do with Keller more than he kind of tried to do early on. He was doing them West Coast principles: back foot, let the ball go, <laughs> throw for 145 yards against the Giants. He was like, "Oh well, I guess that's good enough." Nah, he realized. I right, I think it was the San Diego game where he popped and said, "All right, this is what I got to do to win this damn thing." Two or three sacks ain't yeah. gonna stop me from getting up and winning this thing. And then his whole no, uh, his whole awareness. Where remember he used to get strip sacked a lot, looking downfield, focusing downfield. Right. So his awareness when he realized, hey, these guys ain't this ain't the these guys ain't gonna give me time all the time. So I got to get this ball. This, he sped up his clock, and uh, he been playing better. A whole hell. Well, it's obvious he been playing better, but man, it's just. It's just knowing what's going on. I think knowing 
what he can do in this offense and his overall health is one of the biggest things that he ain't, you know, that's helped him be who he is this year. 31 to 36, 279, four TDs and an interception. No sacks today. How about that? Zero. Uh, and how about that? How about that first touchdown pass to uh, Jalen Tober, man, where he got the pressure from Deron Payne right off the – it was kind of like a bootleg kind of play, kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, gets the pressure, uh, has to throw off his back foot. Tober is, is just in his break. Ain't even thought about looking for the ball yet. And uh, and uh, the way he threw it allowed him to kind of slow down, adjust to the ball, and really uncuffed him with the throw. I thought it was phenomenal. As a matter of fact, I jumped up like, I am, what a throw. It was it was it was one of them Brett Favre throws where he's like, either my guy gonna catch it, ain't nobody gonna catch it. You know, yeah. people always thought Brett threw them balls, you know, but it was Antonio Freeman them diving and adjusting their bodies and catching those balls that put that boy in the Hall right. of Fame. I thought Dak threw it like, all right, if he ain't gonna see it, ain't nobody getting it, and I'm not throwing it in that traffic. Right. Then old boy made an adjustment and he caught he caught that thing. Yeah, great pass. Terrible, uh, terrible play call though. But great pass. Why was it a terrible play call? Because they tried to influence that guy was uh, Deron Payne is a tackle. They tried to influence. Right. The, you know, you see Steele right. blocked down, and they tried to influence him, and they didn't influence him at all. That was all Dak athleticism right there. That's where the Dak's athleticism and his savvy bail bailed him out of a bad call because that could have really been a easily a, a quick sack. So it's a bad Why call. Why was it a bad call, though? Because they tried to influence. They tried to run a, a naked bootleg, and the influence was terrible. You know, they, I mean, number 78 went all the way down past the tackle and left him free. Okay. What I'm trying to get to, was it a bad execution or was it a bad call? It's bad execution and a bad call. It's a bootleg. It's, it's some bootleg. There's no influence or nothing. You haven't even tried to run the ball. Really down okay. there that much, so it's the what yeah. what influence are you going to have? You know when you yeah. when they know you're not trying to punch it down now you haven't been able to. So how much is a bootleg? How much is a bootleg going to influence somebody? And you set the guy free like that because the yeah. tackle the tackle right tackle came all the way down past the defensive tackle. That means he inf- tried to influence the hell out of that play, try to get the tackle to chase him. But you ain't fooling nobody. If you had Zeke down there, the play is wide open because they know Zeke can punch the ball. So that's that's what I'm saying. No, that's that's the answer I was looking for. Meaning I didn't know. I I kind of thought you you may have been saying, but, you know, this is uh, sometimes you just got to go deeper to get to the why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I ain't tripping. um, I like that shit. uh, (laughs) I think the touchdown pass that made it 28 to 10 was the one with Dak Bought a bunch of time, ran around back there, and Jen just threw a laser to C.D. Lamb in the back of the end zone, yeah. which was an, yeah. which to me was another phenomenal throw. And here's why. We don't often see Dak Prescott throw a laser like that. You see him throw a lot of touch passes. You know he can throw the deep ball. But you don't really see him throw, to use your expression, the Brett Favre laser very often. Mm-hmm. Um, the pass, if, if we, did we get that right? This, the Cooks has eight touchdowns. Catches. No, that was that was uh, Lamb. No, no, Lamb got like twelve. Yeah, no, I thought I mean, they said Cooks had eight. Yeah, Cook had eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I knew the pass was Lamb, but I was just thinking when I when he threw the touchdown pass to Cooks, he said, "Oh, that's his eighth of the year," and I was like, "Damn, okay, okay." Who well, knew they, he was that good around the end? You know, who knew that 
that little dude was that good in the end zone. It's not, uh, you know, that's not. I don't know. That's not. That's not supposed to be his his bag. Not really. No, a lot of little guys is not like that. Uh, well, I go way well, back to the damn Houston Oilers. Ernest Givens was like that. Well, and I don't. I don't know this. I'm just surmising. Uh, Sometimes, and it looks to me that this is what's happened. They done figured out the routes that he runs in the red zone. Yep. Yep. That are really good for him and Dak. And now, because that's the third time, that's yep. the, it might be the first time they ran that route to yep. that side of the end zone. Yep. But, that, and you know, that's part of what the season is for. What do you do well? What do you not do well? Yeah, yeah. And now they done figured out that, oh, we can run this corner route in the oh, back of the oh, end zone. The crossing route. He'll cheat code on the crossing route. It's, yeah. the, it's like that 99, you playing Madden, 99 speed, 99 acceleration. Once you turn on that crossing route, anybody running with you. No. Now, check this out. Uh, Brandon Cooks, who started the season oh so slow, uh, going into today, and today he caught, uh, uh, where's his numbers? He caught six for 39 and a touchdown. Uh, so he ends up today with 54 catches. Uh, for Basically, his stats are almost identical to last year's in Houston, where he had 57 for 699 and three touchdowns. This year he ends up with like 54 for a 6.58 and uh, eight touchdowns. Uh, averaged 12.9 catch this year, averaged 12.3 last year. Uh, had a really good season. And if he comes back next year, I would surmise that he would have an even better season because they would know off the rip what to do with him and how to get, get the ball to him in certain situations, in certain circumstances. Well, he catches the ball everywhere. When I think of Brandon Cooks, I think of a burner. You know, right. a deep, deep guy. No, no, no. He catches the ball all over the place. Four-yard pass, six-yard pass, seven-yard pass. Instead of going, oh, Brandon Cooks for 40 yards. Oh, we didn't get him on 40 yards? Too bad. He right. makes he makes you play him. He, he runs the whole route tree is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jake Ferguson had a big game today, so. Jake? Uh, he made several nice plays today. I mean, he ended up with six for 69, but he made several nice catches, several nice runs after the catch, made a clutch third down catch. Uh, so, they, you know, Dak, Dak was in his bag today. His receivers made plays for him. The passing game looked on point. And uh, this you can be excited about to me is they're going to get the passing game uh, at least for one week for sure in the dome under perfect conditions. And to me, they're just going to be hard to stop offensively. Um, you know, the Packers are going to do what they do off, you know, against the Cowboys defense. But Cowboys offense, um, it's going to be, as uh, Grandma used to say, a bugaboo uh, next week. Uh, if they if they can play, you know, as we expect them, limit the mistakes, the penalties, the turnovers. And that was a good thing today. I don't think they had, they had, the, one, they had the one interception. They had the block field goal. Uh, they kept the penalties to a minimal, maybe three. And two of those happened on one drive that they overcame. So, uh, it was good for them offensively. It was good for Dak. Ceedee Lamb was a beast. Uh, so I feel good about the offense uh, heading into the postseason. You? Oh yeah, offense. I, I feel good about the team overall headed in, especially since they playing at home. All right. Well, let me you ask know? you this: uh, defensively, uh, I'm gonna look up what I had up here. Uh, it seemed. I mean, they started a little slow, but it ends up to me like they played a really good game. Uh, they ended up allowing 12 first downs. No, they played a great game. 180 yards, 
3.7 per play, 130 yards passing, uh, 50 yards rushing on 17 attempts. Uh, they got three turnovers. I mean, dog, I, you know, they played a heck of a game. Got uh, how many sacks did they end up with? Four sacks. Some of those after the game was decided. But you hold the NFL team to 180 yards, you've done that thing. Two out of ten on third down, 12 first downs again. They, uh, I don't know if it felt like they was playing that dominant, but they played that dominant against a bad team. Yeah, I thought they played pretty good. I'd like to see Micah calm his ass down a little bit because he, yeah. he out there trying to fight and stuff. And you just got to realize, that's what I was trying to say the other day. He's not as good as he's going to be. He's one of the most dominant players in the league. But he kind of, uh, to me right now, he's kind of a one-trick pony where his speed is getting him a lot of sacks. Now, when them guys get their hands on him, that's where he get frustrated because – once you get once you know he he still got to do the hand fighting game, right now he still got to do that whatever that karate he doing, he got to right. get a hold of that because once he once you you know you can't just win on quickness alone. That's why a lot of pass rushers play a long time, right. you know because they get the technique down that muscle memory, and a lot of his stuff is he getting frustrated and he's starting to talk to players and fight players. I don't know how they do it in the NFL. But when I played semi-pro ball, we would talk to if I, especially when I played nose, nose tackle. It was a lot. Of, I was undersized and, a, and very quick, so a lot of people held me. So what I realized is when you when you wait to the game and you start yelling at the refs, that's the right. wrong time. Before the game, you can let them know, hey, look, number sixty-five be holding me, man. You know, or even between huddles, you know, you can say, hey, sixty-five is holding. Can you watch him? But when you ain't getting the calls, it's too late to start yelling and talking and pleading your case because they're not going to change nothing because they on national TV or they in front of a crowd. So I don't know if the Cowboys do that. I don't know if the NFL does that. But No, they do it. Yeah. Uh, I think the Cowboys sent some plays in last week. But, yeah. I mean, it's just this year he ain't, getting, he ain't getting the calls. I mean, obviously it's the NFL. You get held on every play. Yeah. Some are more egregious yeah. than others. Uh, but you would think a dude who leads the NFL in pressures – would have, you know, a call in more than two and a half, three months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, he, he, he he body slammed the guard tonight. He should have got 15 for that. But he body slammed the guard because the guard locked him up. You know, he right. you know he tried to blow by him, and he just bear hugged him and locked him up. Micah didn't like that. And I'm going, Micah, you got to calm down, you know, because these guys are going to get you in trouble like that. Well, you know, he was trying he, to get that 14 sack too. So yeah, now he, he got it. He may calm down. He's still, but he's still young, and he's still learning. And the amazing thing is that he he good, but he's still learning. You know, so uh, you know, I talked to Tank Lawrence about this when I had that conversation with him about a month ago because I, I asked him how long it. You know, his signature move is a chop, is a double chop, I think they call it. But uh, you know, he said he, he once he perfected it. It said it took him about four years to get it down, but once yep. he got it down. Yep. You know, he became virtually unstoppable as a pass rusher, which is why he ended up with a huge deal. Um, and you can still see him use it now. Um, and so I think as Micah progresses, he'll develop something to counter his speed, and then that's when he'll have one of – you know, uh, I think it's only a matter of time. He's getting 13, 14 sacks a year. It's only a matter of time until he has a 20-sack season or a 19-sack season because some year everything will fall right in place for yeah. him. Yeah, and and he'll end up with twenty two sacks or whatever, and he'll be defensive player of the year. And we'll all say, "Huh, we just wondered when it was going to happen." Um, I think the Cowboys avoided a huge, uh, 
huge disaster. I guess a disaster is huge. Avoided a disaster when Stefan Gilmore said his uh his shoulder popped back in. Uh, Tank Lawrence doing his thing. It was good to see Deron Bland come up with a pick on a really nice play where he had to adjust his body, catch it falling down. Uh, interceptions are good, but the best thing is I didn't see him get beat that much today. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think he's been struggling a little bit. And so it was good to see him uh, see him have what appeared on the surface to be a good game. What would you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was a good play. Um, we can't afford to lose Gilmore at all. Because we down to the bear. We down to using somebody like uh Nation Wright. I was just fixing to say that. And that's a disaster. Yeah. So sorry, but yeah. that's it is what it is. Yeah. Um so no, I think uh I think given given the NFL season, they are and given what Gilmore said after the game and we'll believe him until proved otherwise, uh they're as healthy as you can expect to be this time of year. Uh, you know, they got all the guys that they've had for a few weeks now. Um, so the time is now, man, as you're heading to the playoffs. I feel good about the Cowboys. Uh, nobody says it's going to be easy. Uh, but I think you have to say the season's a disappointment if they don't get to the NFC Championship game with two games at home uh, where they've been ex- excellent. It's not like maybe some other year where, yeah, you're at home, but – it's not like it. This is a real home field advantage. They're yep. built to play yep. on that turf. It accentuates all their gifts. And uh, they're a good team. And so, no, again, ain't nobody said it would be easy. And it doesn't matter if you win each game, 28-27. But this is an opportunity. They've had them in 07. They've had them in 14. They've had them in 16. Well, are we Where ever going to forgive the 017? No, because you pour, and I—I I mean, yeah, I it is know. what it is. You pos- you position. I know, man. Now again, I'm saying the same thing. Nobody says easy, yeah. and that team that they lost to won the Super Bowl, so it yeah. is what it is. I remember they couldn't uh, they couldn't tackle uh, Monty Tumor. I'm going really, y'all. That's right? the game they went to Cavo. Yeah, yeah, uh, crazy. Yeah, we still so, talking about that. Well, we talk about him in the context of the Cowboys. Oh, I know. I'm just saying it's, it's not it's not bad on us. It's bad on them. You know, sorry ass. That you know, was terrible. Because because the fourteen team was you know the catch that wasn't a catch that should have been a catch. Yeah. And you know maybe they maybe they win that game maybe they don't because Aaron Rodgers still had about yeah, four was, minutes. That's left. what I was thinking. They, Aaron Rodgers had time and he was dealing. I think hell, hell yeah he was dealing. And then uh, 16, you got Dak's helicopter run, helps him beat Seattle. And then uh, Dak comes from behind after a very slow start, gets them the lead, and Aaron Rodgers makes a miraculous 33-yard throw to get the first down on third and forever. And Mason Crosby kicks the 50-yard at the buzzer to win it. Um, You know, so if I were – and, again, I ain't breaking no news here. For me, the most important thing for your Dallas Cowboys – Whenever they play the Packers, and they probably going to get the Sunday 6 o'clock game, I mean 4 o'clock game or the Sunday night game, whichever, you know, the NFL deems the one that, that is, you know, the one that they deem most important. Um, they need to start fast. Now, they do do that at the crib, but, but Green Bay, this particular version of Green Bay, doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. They got Jordan Love making his first start. We're going to get a lot more into Green Bay this week. But you don't want them to have any feeling of comfort at all. 
You play great at home. You've won 15 or 16 in a row at the crib. You're undefeated this season. The crowd will be amped, waiting for you to give them a reason to go crazy. And you need to give them everything they need so that they can be a factor for you and start fast and then force Green Bay to play from behind while the game settles down. But what you don't want is what we've seen in the playoffs before from the Cowboys. It's a slow start, and now you're fighting from behind the whole game. Crowd can't really get into it. So to me, it's all about the fast start and then see where the game is when it settles down. Don't play with your food. Get that ball to number 88, and let's do our thing. Because what do you have, 1,700 yards this year? Dog, it's which, crazy. Which yeah. one of them, which, which, at what portion of those yards do you feel like it was bullshit? Where they came from behind? Like in the past, CD has had these yards where it's like, oh, he had 160 yards. Yeah, but they was down 21 nothing, and they had to throw. And what, I, what I'm saying is all of those 1,700 yards are meaningful yards. They, they, they meant something. It's in the flow of the game. You got your people, you got it all set up how your system's supposed to work. Don't deviate from that. Let's not go a quarter and a half or two quarters where CD don't get no targets. Let's not make him ask for the ball at all. Let's get number 88 to rock and go from there. You know, that's that's the whole thing. If they, if they stay consistent to what they do, because everybody's roles are defined now, like you said a while ago, that's what the season for. I like that. Like how you said that. That's what the season is for to define your role. Everybody got their role. Right, right, right. Let's do what we got to do, and we do it well at home. We should kick people's ass until we get to the championship game, and then they shouldn't be. They if they get to San Francisco, they'll be playing with house money because what are they going? Yeah. I mean, ain't nobody going to believe they're going to win. Right. So it's just you know, we got trash last time. Let's go out and surprise everybody, just like that 92 team. I didn't think they could beat Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and all of them, but they damn sure did it. I remember Pup slinging Jerry Rice down in the mud up there. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, they're going to they gonna, they whoop, they whoop San Francisco. It's possible. You know. All right, I'm going to give you a stat because you say this frequently. I just decided to look it up to see what it is. Last year, CeeDee Lamb caught 38 passes for 478 yards and four touchdowns when the Cowboys were trailing. Now, stats don't tell the whole story. Mm-hmm. But this year, when trailing, he caught 40 passes for 629 yards and three touchdowns. But what makes, so the, what, what makes the difference is if they won the game. If you trailing, you know, 21 nothing, and you catching 40 passes for six-something and you never win, it's just a lot of garbage time. It's catch-up time. But if you trailing by a field goal and you go back, you go down and you score the winning thing, the numbers can say one thing, but the tail inside the numbers is did you win? Was it meaningful? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, those 40 he caught last year sometime where he'll catch a lot of balls and – you get a lot of yards, and they end up losing by seven points because they got down twenty-one nothing. Right. This year, it's been in the flow of the offense. You know, any any passes that any passes that he caught this year was needed. You know, it was part of the fabric of, of winning. 
that that's what I'm saying. You know, you can catch a lot of stuff and be on a one and fifteen team, and it don't mean nothing. You know, you can be Calvin Johnson, right, right, you right. You know where he he a Hall of Famer, he got records, and he caught a lot of yards, but they got their ass kicked most of the time. But this year, it's just like, all right, he caught 13 passes today. Did you ever feel like uh, he in the game too long? Or he didn't need to catch that many balls. No, if he caught 13, if he caught double digits, they needed that. That's your that's your main guy. They needed that. So, I don't know. That's why I say sometimes the numbers is numbers, but it's always a story within the numbers. No, it's always a story within the numbers. Yeah. Uh, Dak Prescott, 4,517 passing yards, 36 touchdowns, nine picks. Mm. Hard to top a four to one touchdown interception uh, ratio. That's yeah. uh, that's pretty damn good. Two to one is yeah. good. Yeah. Three to one is excellent. Four to one is, damn, that was a hell of a year. Yeah. Well, that's why I say, man, he, his health and his ownership in the offense and just the fact, I, I, I wonder how much last year, he didn't scramble that much last year. Last two years, what is we, two years removed from the broken leg? Uh, yeah. Okay. Two or three. The first year he couldn't move. The second year, and he, he got around a little bit. Last year, he broke his thumb. You know, that might have had a lot to do with the way he, the ball placement and stuff. But this year, he's been relatively healthy. He ain't missed nothing. And uh, that's the whole thing right there. Now, I did want to hmm. say something goofy, though. Uh, hold up. We are this is, the, this is the third season since he broke his leg. Okay. So, that's, you know, because when he was so, yeah. healthy last year, he had the thumb. Right. You know. He had the calf one year. After he came back, he had the calf, then he had the thumb. And, you know, he's been relatively healthy. I mean, health right. is, availability is your best ability in 99% of jobs. You know. Right, right. So, I didn't want to say something goofy. I know his yes. here, his here we go, and uh, uh, Cooper Rush, here we go. Cooper be like, Dog. <laughs> you heard that too? Here Dak, Dak be like, here we go. Yeah, here Cooper we was, go. here we go. Yeah, Cooper like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised the players didn't start laughing. Matter of yeah, fact, that's yeah. good. I'm gonna ask them. Uh, I'm gonna ask them uh, when I see him this week yeah. whether uh, yeah. <laughs> whether whether, uh, uh, whether whether they started laughing when Cooper did his here we yeah, go. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I hadn't heard Cooper do that before, but Cooper was like, here we go. I'm like, all right, yeah, you sound like you singing Christmas carols or something. Yeah, you know. Sound like he's 14 and his voice ain't changed yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, well, hey, uh, we always appreciate Greening Law. Without them, we can't do what we do here. The same goes for our friends at Smokey John's Barbecue. Yeah, we're getting the jam session bowl to, to a Big Joe and the Big Rig. It's going to happen soon. I feel confident and good about that. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, you can still pick up my book, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men, wherever you buy your books, uh, walmart.com, barnesandnoble.com, it's everywhere. Uh, and then uh, you can always find me on X, Twitter, at JJT Journalist, under the tagline, I am Jean-Jacques Taylor. So uh, for Big Join the Big Rig, uh, until we chat again, you guys be blessed. <laughs>